Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by my company, Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com or reach out to me directly. My email is michael at bullrealty.com. Well, today we're going to talk about industrial real estate. And, you know, industrial real estate's had an incredible run. Uh, the outlook's good. But we have a lot of things going on in the economy, don't we? We have the Fed raising rates so fast to try to wreck the economy. They seem to be doing a pretty good job of that. <laughs> we have banks in turmoil because of it. Uh, and we have some disruption in the, in the asset business, right? Uh, and a little bit in leasing and a little bit in investment sales. Let's find out what's going on in industrial. Please welcome my guest. It's Neil Moskowitz. He is Senior VP and a Principal with Stone Mount financial group. They are industrial developers and industrial asset managers. They have $5.5 billion in assets under management. Neil, good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, Michael, thanks for having me. Well, first of all, I just want to ask you about demand for industrial real estate, because as I'm, as I mentioned, you know, the Fed's really raising these rates, trying to wreck the economy. We have in the news, we have Amazon using less space. What are you seeing for demand now as compared to the last several years? It, it's definitely changing i guess month by month over in 2022 when capital was shifting their i guess cost of capital everyone was seeing no no one was buying any industrial real estate for the most part in the second half of 2022 but everyone was saying the fundamentals for industrial real estate were super positive the leasing every quarter was record net absorption so everyone's saying fundamentals are good but cap rates are expanding what's going on now, that's kind of shifting the last three months or so. We saw in, in Atlanta alone, the first quarter leasing went back, the total absorption went back to pre-COVID levels. And Atlanta's kind of mirror, just being a major market, a mirror of what's going on across the country. So in the first quarter, most of the absorption across the country in the first quarter, which is how you measure really what your leasing velocity is, was more similar to like 2019, 2020, when 2021 and 2022 were two or three times what was pre-COVID levels. And so we're we're seeing a little little bit of a slowdown, but it's not a bad thing. Rental rates are still way up. I I think most Green Street and Seabury eyes who we put our house view together off of are still projecting double digit rent increases in 2023 across most markets, which is greater than inflation, greater than we've ever seen. Most groups aren't underwriting a 10% increase in rental rates, but that is what most of the people are projecting today and then it'll taper off from there i mean 2022 and most major markets saw 15 percent plus rental increases and so it, it's moving quickly yeah where do you see the most demand uh what size buildings what type of, of users so a ton of demand over the last few years on, on the big buildings because the major retailers need to increase the amount of industrial space they occupy but Kind of seeing that's the main thing we've seen a slowdown over the last six months that's leading the change in the net absorption is you're seeing the million square footers start to sit and a lot of those are not in as good locations as the smaller buildings. So because we're seeing that on the leasing side, a lot of the investors are saying we don't want to move forward with bombers is what they call the million square foot buildings. And so a lot of groups like us and, and some of our competitors are focused on those more infill shallow bay single load buildings 
um, anything 500, 600,000 square feet or less are kind of where we're not seeing as big of a slowdown on the leasing side right now. Yeah. On the new buildings you guys are, are building today, are there any uh, trends uh, on the on the type of, of uh, how you're building them today? I think everyone's trying to go to like the new standard. It's not that much more expensive to make a premium building. And just with how much more competitive everything is getting, we're building high, taller buildings. We're putting more bells and whistles in our buildings. And I mean, on the on the height side, everyone used to only build a 40 foot clear building if it was a million square feet plus. And now in port markets, if it's a 100,000 square foot building, we might go 40 foot clear when historically you go 32 foot clear on that building or any 400,000 square foot building used to be 36 foot clear. We're going 40 foot clear on that building. We're adding additional trailer parking. We're running conduit out to all the all the parking spaces for future electrical vehicle charging capabilities. We're putting a lot more into our spec packages of our buildings, putting, go ahead and put in 3,000 square foot office in there. Go ahead and put it full lighting to have 30 foot candles across the the whole warehouse, we are putting in additional electrical capacity. And I, I know a lot of what I'm saying is electrical, but that's super important to a lot of the new users today. And the lead times on electrical equipment is longer than any other equipment right now. And so we're going ahead and putting a lot more, like larger electrical panels into our building because, because if you need, if you have a user that comes and wants to do a little bit of manufacturing your building and they need a larger electrical load, it could take up to 80 weeks to give them the amount of power they need. Wow. And it, and it takes 52 weeks to build a building, so yeah. it doesn't add up. No, it doesn't. Uh, what are you seeing for uh, trends today on your construction cost? It's it's interesting. We track, we, we track it a lot, and we have had projects that have been delayed where we bid them every month for the last nine months. It's been pretty flat for the last six months. Um, Tra- individual trades within an industrial building have moved all over the place. Uh, steel has gone down over the last nine months significantly. Roofing has ticked down a little bit. Um, concrete has offset all of those decreases of those two materials going up. And so a lot a lot of the subcontract trades have moved a lot over the last six months, but overall we have seen it. It's been about flat, and, it, and it's kind of project, we're, we're projecting for it to be mostly flat over the next six months. A lot of our investors are saying, hey, let's, Let's wait to start this project. Maybe pricing is going to go down. But we just, you just haven't seen that historically. Labor's a big piece of an industrial building, and it's just not moving in that direction. But obviously from 2019, 2020 to 2022, the cost increased a ton. We built two of the exact same buildings, Savannah, pretty much same architectural plans, million square foot buildings right next to each other. Same dirt, same same building, same plans. The first one in 2019 cost $42 a foot for the for for the site and the shell, just so just the building. That's not the total budget. And the same building two years later, right next door, cost sixty two dollars a foot. Wow. And that building would probably still cost maybe a couple of dollars more than that because it was about twelve months ago, um, but about the same today. So you guys develop obviously, and you also buy existing, right? Uh, a little bit. And are you adjusting your plan there a little? Yeah, I mean, most of the stuff that people are buying today, they're saying you could buy it at replacement cost, and so. Should you be buying stuff at replacement costs or developing new deals? That's a, a good argument that a lot of people debate every day today. And there's there's still a spread. You can still develop to a better yield on cost than you can buy to today, but it's not that big of a difference. I mean, most uh, general industrial cap rates across the country have kind of tightened across the board of where it's not, you can't buy for that much of a lower cap rate in a 
core market like northern New Jersey or Inland Empire, then you can buy in a secondary market. It might be five and a quarter in northern New Jersey or Inland Empire, and you're five and a half in Atlanta and Dallas or Nashville. That's not that big of a difference. But you can develop to a yield on costs of maybe six and a quarter or six and a half in those markets. So it's not that big of a difference between what you can buy for versus what you can develop for. I guess lenders really still like industrial, right? Mm. <laughs> uh, you can get to you can get that today. Terms aren't as good. You're gonna uh, your spreads are higher. Your just overall negotiation is worse. Um, you can get debt for good deals. There's a little bit of a hole in the market on certain size deals. Um, small deals are fine. Really, really big deals are fine. And like medium sized deals, what I mean by that are where the loan amount is forty million to a hundred million. That's a little bit of a hole in the market mm-hmm. today. The big Regional banks are having a hard time getting approvals to get money out the door. Mm-hmm. The debt funds can go over 100 million. The the smaller banks can go under 40 million. There's a little bit of hole on those medium sized deals. Um, and then you know your spreads went from SOFR, which was nothing, plus 200, 225 to today, you're mid 300s, mm-hmm. and you're seeing a lot of times even for qualified borrowers some sort of recourse component. And even when you're negotiating through pre-negotiated loan docs lenders have changed their stance on everything so you can get debt it's just more difficult right and what kind of rates are you seeing uh, on development deals you're seeing so for plus mid three so you're all in today that's a eight and a half percent cost of debt which is mm-hmm. tough um and then on acquisitions so for plus mid 200s depending i mean maybe again depending on the size deal but right. not uh it's definitely affecting our ability to do deals, the the debt. But you can get debt. It's just not yeah. It's not as good. When we do the um, reports from um, Emerging Trends and, and Deloitte and all these reports where they're interviewing investment shops and institutional investors, we just had the AFIRE uh, results. It seems like there's a allocation of more capital to industrial real estate from a lot of these funds from you know, there's a lot of them aren't not buying office right now. They they want to buy industrial. What are you seeing in the in the capital arena for industrial right now? What's this current trend? You're right. They've raised a bunch of money. They've allocated it to industrial, but I guess they it's just dislocated because they want it. They want to do development deals at a cap, big institutional capital or private equity capital wants to do development deals at a seven percent yield on cost. And in a lot of markets, you'd have to pay me what I'm paying for the land to hit a seven percent yield on cost. It's just there's only so many variables. There's what it costs to build the building and there's what the rents are and then there's what the land cost is. And we've seen land costs correct probably 20, 30% across most markets from the peak to where you can maybe hit a six and a half yield on cost and a really good deal. But all these funds are raising capital with one to 7% yield on cost and to hit whatever levered or unlevered IRR they're hitting, which is mid-teens, you just can't quite hit it. Yeah. And so they all have this money and they want to get it out, but they've raised it off unrealistic ex- expectations. Yeah. What are you seeing for a last mile type of uh, demand and supply? It was definitely the, yeah, like the everyone was, it was the trendy subject to talk about. We we did a handful of last mile Amazon specific deals and there's lots of other users who are focusing on last mile and not just Amazon. If you've got an infill site, those sites continue to lease well ahead of the next exit out, the the, the worst location. So yeah, if you're able to secure a last mile location, I mean, you're you're really just building shallow bay or single load product usually in your last mile location, but every single time you will see something that's ten miles closer to the population or to a port or to wherever the main distribution network is, lease for a significantly higher rate and faster 
if it's in a last mile location. It's just hard to get last mile deals approved. Um, during COVID, you could sell, and, and we did through rezoning process, you could sell if you were in a last mile location near residential, commercial, how how badly that space was needed and that this was the highest and best use for that land. That's kind of worn off a little bit with municipalities of, of selling that. And, um, we do it every day, and we're still having some success on that, but it's it's definitely become harder now that those rezoning meetings are in person and residents are coming back out and being able to fight it and you're they're saying you know retail is performing fine we, we we'll, we'll have a restaurant on that site at some point instead of or a store instead of a yeah a smile distribution center right you know and we read the uh when reads the articles about amazon using less space and less demand and, and leasing some of their space and dropping some deals how's that impacting the market you know, it's it's really just a headline in our view. Um, sure, we were the victim of some Amazon deals that died, and everyone knows about it. And it's something; it's an important thing to track because Amazon is the biggest occupier of industrial real estate in the country. But having said that, they have we we've heard numbers averaging around thirty million square feet that they're either subleasing or giving back, and that is such a small percentage of industrial space. Even like Atlanta's eight hundred million square foot market, thirty million square feet across the country is what Amazon's giving back. So. Um, and, and we are still seeing them lease new space um, through their new 3PL business and elsewhere. They they are an active occupier of industrial space today, just not as active as they were for two years during COVID when they were leasing up a great portion of industrial real estate. So would we prefer Amazon to be full steam ahead like they were? Yes. But from a national view of how Amazon's demand is affecting anything, it's not changing. Yeah. And here we are in the beginning of the second quarter of 2023. You guys obviously buy, sell, develop. Uh, what do you think is the the plan right now? What's the what's the push? Buy well, existing. Uh, we're looking at buying existing. Everyone's looking at buying existing to see if that makes sense. We're still more heavily leaned towards development than acquisitions. Um, just kind of the way our capital's formed and and just where we think there's a little bit there's still a little bit more yield in development than acquisitions as there should be because there's more risk. Yeah. Um, but we're seeing less. We are seeing less competition on the development side. In twenty during COVID and when the market was really, really running, it all a broker could go get a site under contract and they could forward the whole development and make a twenty percent spread just because they controlled the land without really taking a whole lot of risk. And uh, you can't finance deals with on forwards today. And you really ha- I mean, you can't get dead if you're not a super qualified borrower and so we're seeing way less competition and there i mean in most markets today the q1 groundbreakings were less than half of what the average quarterly groundbreakings were for the last two years and that means that 12 months from now there's gonna be a lot less new buildings that are delivered than there have been now there's a ton under construction today most markets have record amounts under construction today they're delivering over the next nine months but after that gets absorbed over that 12-month period or so after that, there's going to be a hole in the market. There's going to be less stuff delivered. And there's still record low vacancy rates in most markets. I think the national vacancy rate's under 5%, which is super healthy. Yeah. You know, interest rates are now back to more historic normals. Uh, and obviously, they're much higher than we've dealt with over the last 10 years. But uh, they're back to more normal. Um, and there, to a lot of folks, uh, there's some pricing discovery going on. Uh, but there are some sellers who have said, hey, you know what? This is more historic. This is impacted values. These are kind of new values. How do you guys feel about that in, in your shop? 
try to be patient. Um, even all the large commercial broker shops will tell you to be patient and they're usually the ones who are motivated to sell your buildings. And so, I mean, everyone needs to recycle capital at some point. So you're still seeing some deals transact today and some sellers sell on, on it, but it has kind of have a special story of why would you sell today? And this, you really, if, if you believe in the real estate or, or, or wherever it is, you have, we're being very patient to sell today. It's, yeah. it, it's a tough story of why you would sell into, it's, it kind of feels like selling into a panic in some instances when there's so few buyers and so many sellers, what the bid ask spread for is just, it hasn't gotten there yet. Most sellers today underwrote exit caps when they started their deal a year or two ago and sub five for sure. And someone probably even underwrote sub four, you were seeing cap rates in major markets, sub four for industrial. And today those cap rates are five and a quarter to five and a half to five, seven, five. And it, it depends on what their capital was. If their capital is patient, they should be, Right. Our view is we should be patient. And that's because you think interest rates will go down or? Not because interest rates will go down, but because there's a lot of capital raised to go buy industrial that's not active today that we think is eventually going to have to be active to get. I mean, the same thing when they're all, all that capital was raised a year or two ago and it drove cap rates down because everyone had to get money out the door. Right now, everyone's raised a bunch of capital, but they're not putting it out the door. Somewhere yeah. they're going to have to. And you think they'll start doing that when? We're not underwriting cap rate compression in our models. That would be... Okay. Silly. Um, I mean, not not over the next. I mean, not over the next three months. It's got. We we're having a longer term view of stuff that we have flexibility in our capital stack to go another twelve months on. We'll we'll wait twelve months. I think it'd be short sighted to say we think cap rates are gonna be better three months from now. That just can't be true. But yeah. somewhere more than that. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, and you make decisions looking through the the windshield rather than rearview mirror. So, you know, we've seen a lot of clients in that situation well what did you put what did you underwrite for vacancy what did you underwrite for cap rates well you want to make decisions looking through the windshield right uh what's best for you moving forward and not hang on to those old values it's interesting to think that you know and 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 what i see as a a broker in the southeast and some of these sectors you know we're seeing not enough supply not enough investment properties available because sellers aren't kind of realizing a lot of sellers like hey i don't like this market but there is a lot of buyer demand. What we're seeing in our shop, uh, and you know, the, and, and in our opinion, the prices are the prices, right? You know, if you look at the different sectors, cap rates have changed differently for each sector, right? Which is kind of amazing. The 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 low cap rate increase really in industrial and in multifamily and in single tenant at least, but then the larger, uh, much larger cap rate increase in office. Um, so that's interesting. Well, what else would you leave our audience with to think about from an industrial real estate moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I think industrial real estate is still viewed positively across the country, and there's the demand is the demand for leasing space is still better for the demand to probably own industrial. And so, we, our view is if you if you can find a good site to develop, you should develop it, and we're we're trying to do that. It's just everyone's going to be a little slower here for the short term, and just once the Fed stops increasing cap rates or increasing interest rates, that should help stop the increase in cap rates, but it hadn't stopped quite yet. Yeah. And so for private real estate shops like ours, we just have to have a way bigger focus on what's going on in the world when before we were just focusing on deals. And yeah. now you got to be talking to everybody like yourself all the time to, to get the latest to, to make the right decisions, Yeah. both from a development standpoint and a sales standpoint. As it's become more difficult to find uh, good sites. Um, how much are you looking at redevelopment of of malls or things like that? 
we re- we did redevelop a very large mall in Birmingham for an Amazon last mile delivery station, um, which was a difficult reason, but got done. Uh, we're we're still looking at stuff like that. It's it's become, as I was saying earlier, a little more difficult to get those deals rezoned. Um, during COVID, we could say there's no demand for commercial here. You have to rezone it, and can't quite say that today. Right. Um, most of the redevelopment, I mean, for the most part, most of the stuff we are redeveloping would be redeveloping industrial sites. Yeah. Previous, like really old 50 year old buildings to put a new building up. There's only some markets where that makes sense from a land cost perspective of where you can buy a class C building, knock it down, and build a class A building. But I would say most of the redevelopment today is industrial sites redeveloping. Yeah. Okay. Well, Neil, great information. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thank you for joining us around the country. Please let us know what you think. And hey, we appreciate you connecting with us on your favorite social media. And until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Appreciate the show? Consider referring business or doing business with our sponsors. Bull Realty is a commercial real estate sales, leasing, and advisory firm doing business throughout the Southeast, headquartered in Atlanta. Visit bullrealty.com for more information. Commercial Agent Success Strategies provides video training for commercial agents. This training gets five-star reviews from even the most experienced brokers. Learn more at commercialagentsuccess.com. You're invited to connect with us on your favorite social media. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't miss a show of special interest to you. Be sure and subscribe to the show on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. And at the show website, CREshow.com, you can subscribe for a weekly email announcing the show topic and guest. While you're there, you also found more videos and podcasts. Thank you for watching or listening to America's Commercial Real Estate Show.